Triple M Breakfast with Seb Costello and Lawrence Mooney can be heard on Triple M in Melbourne from 6 till 9. Or you can hear it right here in this podcast. Thanks to Mighty Helpful, Mighty 10. They're the local business that values having yours. Check out your local store online. Something that's having a very positive impact on the sound mm. of Breakfast Radio in <laughs> Melbourne this week. Myself and Lawrence welcome in Bridget Duclos oh. for the next two days. Hey, Bridge. Uh, look, uh, it's so nice to be here, and I'm sorry about this, but what happened this was, is... uh, I, guess, yeah, I, I know you only found out this morning, but um, I, <laughs> no, we got wind of it yesterday. Oh, you got wind? Did you <laughs> yeah. when you heard me on the rush hour with the boys? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, they, but they were pumping us up. Well, uh, that's because I sort of just stayed here. I thought if I just stay here <laughs> for long enough. Uh, I'll just get every shift. So I did the rush hour. That was a bit of fun. Then I set mm. myself up in those bean bags out there. But this is and a, here traditional, I am. a traditional home for you, Bridget. It is my, it is my when home. Did, when did you first start on the M's? Sure, I was Whoa. 25. This is really testing mine. Let's go. Who can do math? I can. I'm 51. Okay, that's Minus 26 20, years ago. There you go. 26 <laughs> years ago, I started yeah. on the M's as a newsreader, actually. Right. Uh, I was a newsreader, and then uh, I used to work with Stubbs and used to light my scripts. With a, um, a lighter. Those were the days when he had scripts <laughs> rather than a computer. And he would light my scripts and put them on fire as I was reading some really serious story. Nice. And uh, I started laughing during the serious <laughs> stuff. And they went, you're no newsreader. Bit of bullying in the workplace. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> it was for serious old, For old bullying. time's sake, I might just spark up your paper today. <laughs> Who does that? So that's how it all started. But, hey, I'm thrilled to be here with you boys. Uh, Seb, a massive fan. And as for, well, Loz, I can only Oh, we say, go back a long way. We do. There's a lot that's happened between us, which I won't go to air today. A lot of brackish water. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the periods outside of the breaks this morning. But and a no, lot of stuff I'll make up about you, Seb. Yeah, too, good. So. Oh, well, that, I need it. Thank you for that. And there's only a few days to go for the 30th Melbourne International Comedy Festival, which means you've got only days to see Louisa Omalan, who is a sensational comedian and Barry Award nominee, and she's also our guest. Morning. Good yeah, morning. welcome. And may I say, as a three-time Barry Award nominee, congratulations on your second nomination. Oh, I think, well, it takes one to know one, doesn't it, mate? Yeah. Eh? So last year you had What Would Beyonce Do? And this year, Am I Right, Ladies? Yeah. How did you turn it round in a year? Um, well, I was very fortunate that I'd already written Am I Right, Ladies? last right. year. So I was touring it around the UK and um, I was on my third year touring Beyonce. So it made sense to come out here to Australia, my first show. And luckily... It's next year that I've got the problem. And now, what a one of, give us an idea of some of the truths that you are pu- putting onto the audience and then asking the question, am I right, ladies? Um, am I right, ladies? Am I right, ladies? Am I yeah. right? I talk a lot about body image, about how ridiculous it is that women are dieting and like berating themselves for eating. Like, mm. why is it anybody's business what anybody else weighs? Are there any particular diets that you're not a fan of? Just diets in general, mate. Yeah. Like, but also, I'm I'm not a fan of like when women put their issues on you. So, like, if I'm about to go sit and like eat, like, don't start commenting on what I'm eating or should I have a salad? Like, mm. jog on, mate. Like, why is it your business? <laughs> <laughs> jog on. Whether I have a salad, like, I'll take care of me. You take care of you. We're all right. There was an expression that was uh, revealed on on television probably here a, a year or two ago: the thigh gap. Yeah. And you, you're a. You're, you've studied the thigh gap. Well, I've, I've become quite the spokesperson for the thigh gap, it <laughs> yeah, seems. haven't you? You um, and Lawrence have something in common in studying the thigh gap. Oh, mm. uh, yeah, from very different angles. I think <laughs> Absolutely from different <laughs> angles. <laughs> Yours is from above. And yours is from somewhere else. He's from a darkened room in his home in Arndale. <laughs> yeah, from outside your flat with night vision oh. goggles on. Oh. Why, were, why were you looking at me when you said that? Um, Louise, uh, are so you a tell fan? us about the, the thigh gap. So there's a thigh gap phenomenon where your thighs shouldn't touch each other. And last year at the gala, um, when I came to Melbourne last year, I did a joke where I pulled my trousers down. I said, oh, my thighs are touching each other. I'm sorry, if you were this close to my vagina, wouldn't you start touching yourself? Am I right, ladies? (laughs) (laughs) And off the bat, like, so I pulled my trousers down and just did the joke. And like, at the gig, it was fine, but nobody really, like, went crazy for it. They Mm. just looked at me like... Why is she putting her trousers down? I was at the gig and it was very funny. Well, like, yeah. I but, liked it. Yeah, people like backstage liked it, but like, on the actual show show, I felt like they were quite dry. What I didn't expect was the response that that joke got. So when I posted it online, the love that joke has got is ridiculous. So it just went off on social media. Yeah, so it's had like 35 million views now on social media. <laughs> what? Yeah. 35 wow. million? Yeah. 35 million people have seen me in my pants. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Am I right, ladies? Am I right, ladies? Well, that's a good question, Louisa, because we're talking about the ladies here. Is it 
a show for blokes as well? Um, hello. Am I right? Men, yes. Like, <laughs> men, <laughs> men love the show. Men uh, love the show. The other day I went to this interview with this guy. Sorry to talk about other interviews yeah, when I'm no in worries. an interview. And the guy was so backward. And he was like, oh, am I right, ladies? Does that suggest that you're saying, hey, men, you're all wrong? <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Oh, someone's got yeah. mummy issues going that, on, not they? That'll teach you to go into the ABC. Like, well, yeah, Al, how did you know? So, um, <laughs> No, men love it. Because that like... sounds like you were talking to John Fine. Hashtag the uh, Fine program. Oh, wow. So I was like, wow, that's hilarious that people still exist like that. Well, Louise Omelan, your show is uh, very, very popular down there at the Victoria Hotel on Little Collins Street, and people can see it until Sunday. Great to have you in town, and great to have you on Triple Thank M. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, lovely to see you. Thank you. Put your pants on. Lawrence. <laughs> hey. hey. How awesome is it having Bridgie on breakfast? Oh, it's great. Oh. Uh, what an old stager you are. You, you know it. <laughs> hey. We're, we're about hey. the same hey, age. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. It's, it's like the other day someone called me 100 and I went, what? And she went, you're 100%. She meant it was actually a compliment. Oh, right. I went, oh, it's better than 100 years old. I think she was backpedalling fairly quickly. Well, no, it's, a safe, Thank you, it's a safe pair of hands mm. right there, uh, you know, second slip, boom. And yeah. for a lot of people... The shapes varieties were a safe pair of hands, oh. a warm hug that you could always rely on. A mm. snack that you could turn to and just you knew what, what it was going to be every time. You Something did. you so could why give your would kids you for dinner. It? Well, it's a good question. <laughs> why? And Jane Kennedy was onto this story before she broke it. anybody mm. broke it right mm. here on The Hot Breakfast. Here's mm. how it happened. Something's been brought to my attention in the last couple of weeks oh, and dear. I'd hoped that it wasn't true. And I think there's still time for it not to happen. Okay. But this is what I saw on the supermarket shelves. This is a box of Arnott's shapes, oh barbecue shapes. Oh no. It says, coming soon, new and improved shapes. Oh. Ah. Arnott's. Coke classic all over it. Hey, Jane, we've got a, uh, a spokesman from Arnott's who's uh, called through as we oh, speak. Have we really? Yeah. Yeah. For Look Nikki what you've Nikki Thompson's on the line. Nikki, uh, how do you respond What's to going the, on, Nikki? Uh, this is a bombshell. Yes. First of all, I just want to reassure everyone um, that we're not fundamentally changing shape. Will the biscuits stay the same? So I can tell you that barbecue shapes original will still be available. You know, we'll we'll get into you if it's really different. When you say I'm, the, I'm sure you will, and um, we'll be sending you some samples at, at launch in April. Okay. <laughs> well. Well. Jane Kennedy said there, Bridge, that mm. she hoped it was not too late to change the situation. Mm. It appears like it is too late to change mm. the situation. And on social media, people have not been too kind to the new flavours of barbecue, crimpy and savoury. Mm. For more information, we are joined once again from Campbell Arnott's, their spokesperson. Good morning, Nikki Thompson. And you mentioned the barbecue flavour will stay available. What about pizza How- shapes? Are they changing? Good morning, team. How are you? Hello, Nikki. Nikki. We're Nikki. good, no, but no, we're no. worried. Yeah. Are pizza worried. shapes going to change? No time for niceties. Pizza shapes, yes. Pizza Ooh. shapes. We have created a what we believe is is the best and most authentic pizza shape flavour, um, and and they have changed a little bit, and we'll be but, rolling out but, this but, month. But 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 but, but Nikki. Why would you change something? Like, uh, to quote a famous politician, hopefully not Donald Trump, but someone, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why would Mm. you change the pizza shape? It's a lovely shape. So that's a great question. This is in direct response to what consumers have been asking us for. So we've had thousands of contacts from our fans over the past few years saying, give us more flavour, you know, your flavours aren't strong enough. So our chefs went away, um, explored a couple of different options on on how they could get more flavour into the biscuit, which is what we've done now. We've actually baked the flavour into the biscuit and we're applying the seasoning to both sides. Right, so the red stuff doesn't end up at the bottom of the box. Is that what you're saying? Or falling (laughs) off on the biscuit line. Oh, my. This is a a step forward. No, Mooney. Don't be fooled by the spin, Mooney. Hold on. Wait till you taste it. (laughs) I'll I'll wait for the taste. Hang on. Go. (laughs) Go, Nick. Sorry for cutting you off. That's okay. We then tested the the old and and the new and improved um, flavours with Mm. our our core target market and they told us they preferred the new flavours. So, um, yeah, great question. Why would we change something that's 
an Australian now, favourite. Um, we're doing it in response to, to what our, our fans have been asking us Nikki, for. I'm a uh, purist when it comes to barbecue shapes. Tell me you're not going to change Emulsifier E322. Because uh, <laughs> I love the taste of that. And the malodextrin and the antioxidant. So can I, I'd like to assure you that um, Barbecue Shapes Original Chicken Crimpies, so they're our two biggest sellers, are mm. still going to be available in their current format. So, um, and, and savoury as well hasn't changed. Nikki, I've got so. a, a backward question for you. Uh, I just sure. want to know in the first place, how do you make, e.g., a roast chicken shape? Do you lick a roast chicken and then think, how can I make that into a biscuit? Or how, how does it work? I've always wondered how you come up with these. Sur- surprisingly, that's a little bit how it is. Um, our chefs kind of taste a whole lot of roast chicken and then go away and try and try and match the experience that you get from eating a roast chicken. Um, and mm. the new roast chicken uh, flavoured shape, I'd have to say, is my favourite. It's excellent. Oh. Uh, what, what's, well, what state of the barbecue? Uh, is it after you've cooked or before you've cooked? <laughs> You're licking a barbecue. Yeah. Um, so, interestingly, barbecue shapes were first designed in the 1950s by a Melbourne company. Um, and, yeah, look, current barbecue doesn't taste as authentic as, as some of the, well, <laughs> the new flavours we've created, but obviously it, it's an Aussie My flavor. dog can do that licking the barbecue for you, if you like, because he's, <laughs> he's an expert at it. <laughs> I'll make a note. Oh, well, you're a good sport, Nikki. We appreciate you popping your head up in these difficult times. The <laughs> spokesperson for Campbell Arnott's, Nikki Thompson, thanks for your time. Thank you. Oh, Nikki could negotiate the uh, 60 Minutes situation. Oh, she's so she's good. pulled the Absolutely. wall over Mooney's yeah. eyes. He hears the word, oh, new and improved. Oh, I'm <laughs> no, in. I, you I haven't could... even tasted it, you moron. No, I, <laughs> I might be a moron, but I could grasp the idea of baking in the ingredients yeah. so they don't fall off and, so and were, get to the bottom of the bag. So the we, red bit. No. So the we, red bits. It, it, they, mate, if you think it's for flavour, it'll be so they have to put in less of the red flavouring. Oh, mm. you're a cynic. Yeah. All right, quickly, favourite So shape. young, so cynical. Favourite shape. Uh, you every time. Oh, mine's savoury every time. One triple three five three. What do you make of Arnott's changing the recipes to some of their favourite shapes? You can hit us up on Twitter at MMM Hot Breakfast. Rosie, somebody Scott has already. Scott has already experienced the new and improved in inverted commas pizza shapes this week. Smoko was ruined. <gasps> Hashtag Turn back the shapes. Oh so, no! Do you know what's happened here? I, I say foreign ownership is the problem. Oh, well, no, we've let it go board. out of our Don't hands. Change your colours now. You're yeah. on board just... the new shape. I'm with the people out there tasting well, them on the. Sides, I like the theory. Someone like might have smoked while they made that shape. Yeah. That could, that wouldn't be nice. Let's be honest. If no. Smoko's been ruined, I think it's an attack on the worker. And uh, <laughs> he's gone all Malcolm Turnbull on us. <laughs> we might have to ask Mr. Turnbull what he thinks yeah. of the changing recipe yeah. after this. Mm. It he, is. He's a hot dog shape lover. Just so you know. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Yeah, thanks for sorting that out. Just took Arnott's to town over the changes to the pizza <laughs> shape. Moon Man thinks it's okay because supposedly it avoids all the flavour falling down to the bottom. Trevor Tullamarine. What do you think? Uh, tell you what, I've almost got a Bill's bait going on with this. I'm losing my mind. They try to change BB. It didn't work. They've done it with BM. It didn't work. Stop changing our bloody stuff, people. Yeah. Thank you Stop very it. much, Trav. Well said, See, mate. anger. Anger in the community. There yeah. is. There's a lot of pain out there mm. in Tullamarine yeah. and also in Clyde North. Brett, what do you think yeah. about the potential changes? Not good, not good. I, I gave me some the uh, cheese and bacon ones, and he pretty much just about threw it back at me, and they're his favourite flavour. Oh, no. So Arnott's is tearing families apart, Mooney. <laughs> this is a serious situation. Let's go to Beaconsfield, and Brett, what do you reckon? Morning, all, especially Bridget. Welcome back to the air. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Brett. Um, at any given time, I've got about 20 boxes in the cupboard, yeah. um, and I've still got some leftover barbecue shapes from Christmas time that were in the shape of actual Christmas tree, and my wife purchased 10 boxes. Right. Um, they were throwing them out at 50 cents at, at Woolies. <laughs> so uh, I am the, the biggest fan of shapes that you can get, mm. but uh, they, yeah, if they, if they taste different, that's it. You're, you're like the Chinese with baby formula. You're just stocking <laughs> up like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Except, was that baby formula like a Christmas tree shape, like a Christmas tree? I don't think oh, so. It could be. Um, really good. If they change these, they're in big trouble. It's, it's really interesting, though, isn't it? Like, I go back to Colgate or McLean, you know, toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Why? What's wrong with good old bloody toothpaste? Now there's about 100 million different toothpaste you can get. Stick mm. with the original. People, you're yep. doing something right. Hey, yeah, uh, Brett, uh, who's your footy team? 
the Blues. Ah, uh, well, we've got some footy tickets for you. I don't think we've got the Western Bulldogs Carlton game, but we'll work something out. Hang on the line there. We've got tickets Thank to you give away. Thank so much. No, that's all right, mate. Hang on the line there. We've got tickets to give away all morning. Thanks to afl.com.au for tickets and information. Sounds like the people have spoken. Arnott's oh. tearing families apart. Yeah. You heard it first. Will that be the headline tomorrow? Oh, great. It. Make Australia <laughs> great again. Change the Arnott's recipe. Let's talk some V8 supercars, eh? Thank goodness. Fox Sports motorsport commentator, but he's much more than that. He's a five-time champ, six-time champ at Mount Panorama, and his name is Mark Scaife. Joining us ahead of the WD40 Phillip Island Super Sprint. Morning, Scaifey. Hey, good morning, guys. What do you like about driving at Phillip Island? It's a beautiful view with the ocean there in the background. Yeah, because you can take in the view when you're driving a <laughs> <that Yeah>. supercar. <laughs> it's not really about the view, is it? Um, it's uh, actually some of the most dangerous thing of, of the weekend, guys. I've just dropped the girls down to netball training and swimming and getting around there with the mums in BMW X5s is much more dangerous than Phillip Island. <laughs> um, but it is a, it's a, a marvellous racetrack. It's one of the fastest, most flowing racetracks uh, in this part of the world. In fact, that's why all the motorbike guys and the car guys love it. Um, it's got an average speed of about 175k, but down that front straight, our cars do almost 290k. So it's a, it is a very, very cool Quite place to drive. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Scaifey, I think of it as a motorbike track rather than a car track. Does it ever make you want to go on two wheels? Bridge, uh, one day in my younger, younger, madder uh, period of life, it was a uh, it was a day I actually I've had a couple of runs on two wheels around mm. there and. Um, one of the weird things is that you don't really get the perspective of speed uh, in a car because it's all reasonably silent. Mm. But in, in the different circumstance of blazing down there on a motorbike and you pop your, your body up at the end of the straight, seriously, it almost blew me off the back of the bike. <laughs> so it is seriously fast. And, and I think one of the things in, in context, we always rave about Bathurst being you know, the fastest racetrack. But this place, because all of the really good corners turn one, turn three, turn eight, and turn 12, they're 200K mid-corner speed corners. Yeah. So when the car's sliding around at over 200 kilometres an hour, uh, it, it takes your attention. Scavey, who's the favourite this weekend? Well, I think the Red Bull guys with uh, Van Gisberg and a win couple take a lot of beating. I mean, mm. Craig Lowndes has had 11 wins at Phillip Island, so he's the benchmark operator at, uh, at Phillip Island. We're also celebrating 500 rounds this weekend, guys. So... For That's 57 great. years, 57 years of touring car championship or V8 supercar championship racing, uh, this weekend's the 500th race meeting, 500th round. So great to celebrate that at a place like Phillip Island, and, and the racing quality has been just great this year so far. Do you reckon Red Bull do well in sort of V8s, and you know they're doing well in F1s as well? Do you think it's because they drink their product before they race? <laughs> That's very you, isn't it, Brick? So, two more Red Bull, two more Red Bulls, and, and two, more, two more sleeps till Christmas. Nothing um, like a Red Bull and vodka. Let's be honest yeah, about yeah. it. I, I knew you were about to go there, um, but it's 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 weird, isn't it? Because they've just got a great pedigree in racing, you know, with young. Dan Ricardo and previously Mark Webber mm. uh, in Europe and the amount of winning that they've done over there with Sebastian Vettel. But now in Australia with uh, Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes last year, or the last few years, but Van Gisbergen's joined the bridge. So the, the battle between Jamie Winkup and the young New Zealander Shane Van Gisbergen has been the talking point of the year so far. Mm. And uh, when, you've, when you've won six championships like Jamie Winkup and then you've got a young Turk like Van Gisbergen join you, the first thing you've got to do in motorsport is beat your teammate. Yeah. And at the moment, that rivalry is just fantastic. Oh, it's great. Well, my advice to any girls driving, uh, don't wear a skirt. Because I went, I did this with um, with Craig Lowndes, didn't I, Scafie? And he went so fast and I wore a skirt and it blew up. Right. And uh, my undies could be seen and it was okay. awkward. So you're suggesting you wear something below the waist, yeah. just not a skirt. <laughs> Preferably. Don't you agree, Scafie? I, I agree totally, Bridge. That was a day that you, uh, you'll always remember. Yes, it. is it ever. <laughs> Thank you, Scafie. <laughs> Mark Scaife, the five-time champ, six-time Bathurst winner and Fox Sports Motorsport commentator. We get all the big guests on this show when it comes to footy. And joining us now is the coach of the Fremantle Football Club. It's a very good morning to Ross Lyon. Morning, Ross, Sebastian. Terrific to be here. Where's Eddie? Uh, Eddie's gone on holidays. He's on holidays. Enjoyed himself, is he? I hope he is, yeah. <laughs> good to talk to you. Yeah, great. Now, Ross, I want to start off. We were talking before about the shocking start to the year that your Dockers are having. Uh, you're currently sitting below Essendon on the ladder, who, of course, have about 12 top-up players supplementing yeah. their list. Yeah, really good point. Start being the operative word, isn't it? Really early in the season. 
It's a marathon, not a sprint. So we'll go through the process with due diligence and see how we go throughout the rest of the year. But there's really a lot of football to be played and finals are well and truly on the agenda. If you want to look at Essendon, they've got some terrific top-up top up players, to be frank, don't they? So, yeah, we'll keep going. We'll keep doing what we're doing. And we have no doubt the title turn. It didn't help losing Sandalands early. Yeah, yeah, that was awful, wasn't it? Do you think uh, um, <laughs> that Natanui should be uh, asked to uh, please explain on that one? Oh, yeah, Dad, if you look at the match review panel, we say it was low contact and high impact. So... Yeah, he's got a case to answer for sure, but we're really disappointed that Sandy's going to miss six to eight weeks, aren't we? So, yeah, he's, he fills the hole, but we'll get another contributor to come in, another foot soldier, John Griffin. He'll come in for a job for us. Um, Ross, uh, on a personal question, I've, I've noticed that you've, you've always had two bald spots. Have you ever thought about shaving down the middle and yeah. burying them up? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a personal question. I'm not really into doing, talking about those things at the moment. Uh, that's what happens when you coach for so long. <laughs> you get one ball spot for Silva and the other one for Frio. So, yeah. <laughs> well, make sure you don't go to another team, Rossi, is all I'm saying. I'm um, not even it out if I do, Bridge. Well, I'm, I'm worried that your anchor is weighing you down. Oh, well, five-year contract before that. Money's not going to weigh me down too. Well, it'll weigh me down a little bit, but no, I'm really pleased with the direction of the football club. <laughs> we obviously haven't started as well as we would have liked, but, you know, it's early. As I said earlier, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And we're looking forward to the challenges that await in the coming weeks. Rossi, the Dockers fans have got to be patient. We tried to tweak a few things. It hasn't worked. We'll revert back to our old way very soon. Is it tough over there in the West at the moment with the West Coast Eagles doing quite well, making a grand final last year, and you're looking again like the second-rate side in Perth? Oh, it's fantastic for WA football. <laughs> we're really pleased the Eagles are doing well. It gives us something to aspire to every week. So, yeah, we, we welcome it. We love yeah. the challenge. Uh, the Eagles are a terrific football team, and we aspire to get there again real soon. Uh, you know, statistically, yeah. uh, Ross, that apparently <clears> if you lose your first couple of games, you ca- cannot win a grand final. Well, statistics count for nothing, Bridge. We'll look at that. That's history. <laughs> yeah. History's in the past, isn't it? So we want to set our own history, and part of that will be making finals this year. Well, Rossi, good luck for the weekend. We hope Fremantle can turn <laughs> the season around for your sake at least. Ross Lyon, always a pleasure <laughs> to talk to you. So if you're doing a terrific job, maybe you should see if, um, if Eddie wants to retire, <laughs> or if he leaves Collingwood, maybe you can sit in that seat full-time. Bridge do Claire, welcome, welcome to Triple M. Yeah, thank you, Rossi. Come thank over you. To, the, to the promised land. It's terrific. Yeah, I'm taking one show at a time. <laughs> well, you're doing a really good job. Keep it up. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Gee, lots good of compliments you, Ross. from Ross. Pleasure. Ross Lyon, he's in a good mood despite yeah. the state of his football good club, of, isn't he? Good of oh. him to talk to us. Really good mm. of him. Mm. Very frank. Today we're going to find out where a lot of people are putting their money a new report finding that on average Australians spend $2,700 each mm. on sneaky purchases they don't tell their partner about. You do it, don't you, Lawrence? Well, I've got impulse control issues, Scott. Yes. So oh, we're not of, is that what you call it? Oh, You're in good company, though, because, because $11 billion, uh, they're saying, that uh, Aussies spend without telling their partners. Wow. Now, the thing is that, uh, and you're an even better company, because men spend more than three times as much on secret purchases. I am absolutely shocked by that. I and would have women would. What are these secret purchases? Top of the he list. He says so, so, knowingly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so men spend about four and a half grand a year on hidden purchases compared to women, which is just under $1,500. However, women were more likely, Bridge, uh, to cover up their spending with 23%, admitting to secret spending versus 20% of men. Oh, yeah. What are we spending it on? Top five. Um, we've got clothes is number one. Gambling, number two. Guilt foods, number three. Oh, yeah. And then rounding out the top five, we've got uh, adult entertainment, which I'm, I'm perplexed with, uh, and cigarettes. <laughs> Going to see musicals. Musicals. <laughs> Going, just sneaking off to a musical. Pirates down of Her Majesty's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of tickets to Georgie Girl without the missus knowing about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, he's, come on, He's Lars. always off to the comedy theatre. He loves his musicals. And he comes home smelling of coconut. Come on, Lars. What's yours? Come on. I, I go online. I'm Amazon. I love it when the Amazon package rolls up at the front door. Mm. Nothing thrills me more. And that stack of unread books is just growing and growing. <laughs> but I love buying it's fairly books. Tame, though. Oh, it's fairly tame. Oh, and stuff online. Yeah, I like the, stuff. I love a courier coming. <laughs> Don't you love a package coming? I, in fact, I had so many couriers at one stage, I invited them to the Christmas party. So they, they felt like friends. But do you know what? I'll tell you what women, I think, do. Uh, and uh, Rosie, I think you'll agree with me mm-hmm. here. I've got one word for you. ASOS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does it, do you know what I'm talking about? 
ASOS. No ASOS is an Hand online cream. cheap shopping situation. Best clothes of all time. Yeah, oh. best clothes of all time. And they'd arrived in a package, but I used to do it at work when I had a job. Um, so, you know, they wouldn't find out at home. And now I've got nowhere to send my purchases. <laughs> you get so it? That looks cut. new. No, I've had it for ages. I know, exactly. So that, that would be, I reckon, 90% of women ASOS. Clothes number one. One triple three five three is secret spending an issue in your household. Keith's on the line from Kilmore. Secret spending, Keith, the stuff you buy that you don't tell your partner about, is it a problem in your household? <laughs> only only for me, Sam. <laughs> um, it's, um, I, I can't resist buying red wine and oh. it, um, I have to get it delivered to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you drink it at work? No, no, no. I'm in the funeral industry, so I can't do that. Um <laughs> I had it delivered to work and it sits in the car until I know the bride's in bed, then I sneak it into the wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to do that, Sarah. That work is used as a, uh, you know, as a cover. It's fantastic. It's it sounds like a prohibition movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the safe house of secret spending work, isn't it? To Chloe, Chloe, secret spending, is it an issue? Yes, it is, unfortunately. What are you buying? Uh, it's not me. It's my partner. Uh, it's always the partner. You've exposed him. What's he? Uh, what's yeah. he investing in? It's nothing too sinuous, but he likes to buy car parts without telling me. Oh. Car parts. Is he restoring something, or does he just like to stock up on new stuff? No, he just likes to keep it nice and updated and looking pretty flash. Oh. Like a coffee holder <laughs> sort of thing, <laughs> you know, like or you know, a like Chrome Cam. Oh, or yeah. something. Nobody knows anything about cars here, Chloe. So, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> so like, bought a car resource recently, a lip spoiler, some new wheels and some rims. Oh, we should have oh. thought of wheels. <laughs> <laughs> or a steering oh. wheel. Good on you, Chloe. <laughs> Papey, always good to have you in, mate. This Thank you, guys. This is a lot of money. Yes, it is. People are mm. secret spending. Scott What's your Pope? secret spending, Scott? Ooh. Just yeah, quickly. Yeah, you must have one. You know, Plumber's whole... taps are always leaking. <laughs> Come no, on, no, where, no, where no, are no. you I... hemorrhaging? Can I guess? Cash? Can I guess? Please. Socks and shoes. Yeah, no, no. Basically, I was say a blue uh, chip stock when it comes to it is, babies. It is uh, the only thing I really like and enjoy spending my money on is oh. shares. But I do have a, 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 the same account with my wife. Preset spending limit. I don't want to know what oh. she. I, I'm offended by how much her hairdresser costs. Really? I don't want to know about no, you it. Don't need to know. So is she a blonde or you know bottled? No. Oh, that's so, much cheaper not to be. Yes. Mm. So we just, we have a, a, a don't ask, don't tell $200 limit. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Everyone's Rules happy. to live your life by with Scott Papes. Now, last night at the swimming, guys, bit of an awkward moment for James Magnus. Totes orcs. Hashtag. Yeah. yeah. For deafs. <laughs> um, oh, if I say yeah. that in front of my kids, they so get crossed. Yeah. <laughs> the mag will be totally devo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What happened was it was the 50 free, Cam McAvoy won, and when they all popped their heads up at the end of the pool like little otters, they looked back at the screen and it showed James Magnuson in second, which mm. could be enough to qualify for Rio. Only thing is it was a momentary stuff up at the scoreboard and it was Matthew Abood who'd actually come second and the mag hadn't in fact swum fast enough. So I, is that manually entered? Is someone quickly putting that in or is it electronically I coming from the touchboard? Touch, you'd think yeah. it was a touchboard, mm. wouldn't you? It's going to be a very difficult day for somebody at work who was running the scoreboard board or was running the electronic systems in Adelaide. Mind you, not the first time that we've seen uh, big mistakes in uh, television type <laughs> appearances. <laughs> no. uh, can we go back to your favourite, Loz? Uh, the announcement of Miss World. Or <laughs> Miss, is it Miss Uni Universe. Oh, it's Miss Universe. Yeah, because yeah. it's always an earthling that wins. Um, <laughs> yes. The announcement of, was it Miss Columbia won it or the, she was? Yes, Miss Columbia Miss was. Columbia. Well, let's take it up with Steve Harvey, who's yes. the host of the US Family Feud and was making the big announcement. I have to apologize. <laughs> yes, you do. The first runner up is Colombia. Miss Universe 2015 is Philippines. This is exactly what's on the card. Little Granty Daniel wouldn't have done that. 
No, he wouldn't have. He would have read the card and got it right. That's right. <laughs> he would have said the top five <laughs> answers to who won. Um, that was awful, wasn't it? And I don't think that woman will ever be the same, poor old Miss Columbia. No, no Miss no. Columbia was given it and then it was swiftly taken away. Yeah. Mm. And then, remember, 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 the other one was um, Australia's top model. Sarah Murdoch's Sarah big Murdoch. stuff up. Remember that? So the winner and Australia's next top model for 2010 is... Kelsey. Oh my god, I don't know what to say right now. I'm feeling a bit sick about this. No, I'm so sorry about this. Oh my god. I'm, this was a complete accident. I'm so sorry. It's Amanda. I'm so sorry. It was fed to me wrong. So, Sarah had an earpiece in, which means that it was either mistakenly said or she misinterpreted what was said. Mm. Do we know? Yeah, my what was said? I know the floor manager. I'm pretty sure he was the one that uh, <laughs> Okay, so what is the inside story? Yeah, he heard it wrong. He heard it wrong from upstairs and fed it wrong. So look, he, it was a know, Chinese whisper type yeah, situation. Was, yeah, it was. But do you know what? I reckon in these situations they should actually share the sash. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do. I think share the sash. Colombia and Philippines could have one big sash wrapped around them, as could Kelsey and Amanda. Mm. But that's share unfair the on the ultimate winner, though. Oh, they yeah, deserve but, their prize. But what they? about the poor person that thinks they're the winner? What about poor old James Magnum Magnumson? Yeah, the missile. Yeah. Another misfire for him. Well, uh, let's build a little. stuff up at work. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, where do you want to start? <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever had a serious oh, stuff up at work? I have just had some shockers. The worst. The, the worst <laughs> quite seriously, how long have we got? No, the worst. <laughs> One ever that ever happened though was I was um, made to be weather girl at Channel Ten. <laughs> this is going back years. You've um, done it all. I've done it all. And I'm, you know what, Bridge? We'll get you to tell the full story oh after God. this. One triple three five three. When have you had a major stuff up at work? And we'll hear from Bridge. What happened when she was doing weather at Channel Ten? Bridge, we were talking before the break about work stuff ups. And you were working as a weather presenter? Yeah. Well, what happened was I was at Channel 10 News back in the great eyewitness news days. You know, right. David oh, yeah. Johnston, Joe Pierce. Remember those days? I mm. do. Anyway, I was made to be weather girl because they sacked the weatherman. And, um, Rob you know how, Gell? No, it was, um, it was David Brown at the time. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, not Rob Gell. Um, but they made me go and do a... Mike Larkin, you know, go out and do a live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they sent me to some frigate. Playing with the kids or something. Yeah, I was on some frigate down in, um, some friggin' frigate down in Port Melbourne, like a big yeah. ship, a warry type thing. Anyway, I, David Johnson said, and now the weather, uh, bridge, what's happening? And I looked into the camera and I forgot who I was. I forgot why I was there and forgot <laughs> Anything that vaguely had to do with the weather, and I just stared blankly into the camera. <laughs> now, I am not exaggerating. It went for probably, I've never, it was like I had a brain freeze. Right. <laughs> like Barry Hall. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, quite seriously. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. Nothing for about, I reckon, 20 seconds, which is quite a long time, 20, 30 oh. seconds. Ooh. Then I, something clicked in my brain, some sort of brilliance, and I looked down at my notes and said, well, the weather, and on I went. But it, it quite serious. How I didn't get sacked is a miracle. <laughs> but it's the worst stuff up you could ever have. And I tell my kids Very that public. story when they're doing a presentation. I say, don't worry, oh, you, couldn't do worse. you couldn't do worse than mum. <laughs> <laughs> well, there have been some famous stuff ups in news. Mm. There was the morning that Virginia Trioli on ABC 24 <laughs> read the auto cue just a little bit too accurately. Good morning. You're watching ABC News 24. I'm Michael Rowland. The American man has been dubbed <laughs> no, the no. honeymoon killer. No, no you're not. not but it, it does happen to the best of them, uh, even our own Seb Costello. No. The Ambo suffered a suspected broken foot, cuts and bruises, while his female colleague What's was a, hit what? in the back of the head. What What's and bruises? bruises? Well, to be fair, Moon Man, it was a story about someone who attacked a paramedic, so maybe <laughs> maybe the language was appropriate. Uh, let's go to Trent at Kilsyth. When have you <laughs> stuffed up at work? Mate, I uh, accidentally gave a customer, I uh, was working at a bank, an extra $10,000. <gasps> oh. oh, God, wish it was me. <laughs> How did that happen, Trent? Well, they, uh, they were after uh, change. Uh, they brought in a check and wanted $200,000 worth of cash, and I was just getting the bricks out of the safe, and I just counted an extra two bricks of 50. <sighs> was that before the weighing machine? You know how they can weigh money now? Yeah, this was about uh, seven years ago oh. before you know, yeah, that came in. But, um, but luckily enough, they rang up the boss and, who they knew and said, oh, you gave us an extra $10,000. So oh, what nice. an idiot. 
Uh, good on you, Trent. Let's go out to Franger. Paul, when have you stuffed up at work? Oh, mate, I used to work in a gold mine driving dump trucks. Mm. And uh, we had the highest grade of uh, gold, and I ended up tipping it across to the back of the waste dump. <laughs> There's about $26,000 worth of gold. <laughs> Oh, but, but Lawrence, Lawrence, you'd be proud. I got away with it. Right. So no one, no one knows until now. No, you might be the second or third people that know. But yeah, can we go and get I it? Um, it's uh, buried pretty deep. I'm oh, <laughs> happy tried. to dig. Wow. <laughs> There'd be gold in them, though, Hills. Thanks, Paul. We could go and pan for gold. Janet from Eltham, what did you do at work? How did you uh-huh. stuff up? My first day at work, I was trying on two shoes to see which ones I should wear, and I couldn't decide which ones. And when I got to work, I realised I had both different shoes on. <laughs> I had to walk in the two two different shoes all day. <laughs> Everyone thought I was an idiot, but I'm still still at the job, so oh, that was all right. Janet, to make you feel better, you want to go to the footy? Um, which game? <laughs> <laughs> she drives a hard bargain. Well, chat with our producers off air. We'll find you some footy tickets. Visit afl.com today, you, for tickets and information. There you go. And it's the agenda setter in this town. I speak of the Herald Sun, which makes the editor of that paper a very influential man. And he joins us in his regular spot on Triple M. Morning, Dave. Uh, morning, Seb. Uh, fellas, how are you? Guys? Very well indeed. Let's start. Lawrence Front page Bridge. of the Herald Sun today. Tara mm. Brown and the 60 Minutes crew. And the allegation is that there was an exchange of money that 60 Minutes may have paid for an organisation to essentially kidnap some children off a street in Beirut who are in the middle of a custody dispute. We've been discussing it this morning, Damon. Is there evidence that money actually changed hands here? I think the evidence is um, that Channel 9 have yet to deny that's happened. Now, this has been going for almost a week now. Their crew is uh, banged up in a jail in Beirut. Mm. Now, if... They hadn't paid the money, either directly or funneled it through the mother. Then I would imagine they would have come out and said, "We had nothing to do with this financially. We were simply there um, in a journalistic role." Uh, now, the fact that that hasn't happened suggests strongly, um, when you combine it with sources who are emerging in the media generally, that the money was paid by Sixty Minutes. So, wow! And if that's the case, then Tara Brown and her crew have, are in all sorts of trouble. And, uh, and the thing is, like I know with us on radio, um, I don't know so much about now and here at Triple M, but we are told to be edgy. But if you stuff up, you're on your own. Pretty well. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, you know. So these guys, I feel, if a higher source at Channel Nine made the the deal. Have they been thrown to the lions a bit? Look, it's hard to know. Channel 9 really need to um, come out, as we said in an editorial this morning, and give the public information. Mm. You know, this is not only the fate of Tara Brown and her through three crewmen. This is the fate of 60 Minutes here. Mm. Their flagship signature high-earning mm. um, current affairs show. Its credibility is um, mm. really on edge here. And uh, if they're showing and it's proven that they paid the money. Um, and it's important here to remember that journalists aren't above the law. Yeah. That's it. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You know, we have no right to um, anything other than what everyone else has. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if you go to Beirut and you kidnap a couple of kids and you're involved in it, well, you're going to pay a high price. And I think Peter Costello, the chairman of Channel 9's, got a real challenge ahead of him in his opening phase as, uh, as the boss there. Mm. And so, <clears throat> pardon me, Tara's no innocent here, is she? She would have known what was going on in the story. She would have worked Tara over Tara Brown it. is a very experienced and uh, 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 a qualified journalist. She's not a talking head who sits there yeah. and gets read a script. Mm. So, look, it's unclear exactly how that editorial uh, meeting went and the planning processes, but according to The Australian this morning, they've been working on it since late last year. I can't help but think as a mother she was thinking, you know, and I know this is no excuse, but as a mother, pain of someone not having their children, maybe, to, I, I don't know. I, I, can, you know, it's just I, a I know terrible... what you're saying, Bridge, but you made the analogy that if it happened here in Australia... Oh, yeah, disgraceful. Well, imagine that if a uh, Lebanese TV crew oh. snatched a couple of kids off, uh, were involved in the snatch of a couple yeah. of kids mm. off Burke Street. They could have mine some days. <laughs> Only some. Yeah. But look, um, no one wants to see no. Tara Brown and the crewman and the, the, the mother um, locked up. Um, no. But equally, you know, um, Australians, including journalists, have to understand when you're um, overseas, you when have to be yeah. here. And this isn't comparable to Peter Gresty, who served almost a year in an Egyptian jail for simply doing journalism. 
there was no suggestion he was involved in a crime here. Mm. What they've been involved in through their own their own blundering. Well, it's not be because it hasn't been through the courts yet, Moon Man. So, and they will decide exactly what went on. So, the blundering. calling it a kidnapping <laughs> is you know far uh, beyond well, what, what, what has been proven. What they've been charged with. It's well, very serious. We'll and see. There's and there's little, people who yeah. have done proven crimes overseas who we have done absolutely everything to get out of that situation. I think of a very high profile one last year, and we should be doing that here. Absolutely. Well, we're not you know washing our hands of this. We're just saying. Uh, particularly if it's come from upstairs at Channel 9 that that has been authorised to pay that amount, then somebody needs to put their hand up and carry yeah. the can. Well, I think you'll find a bunch of heads will roll over this. Yeah. Um, this is the future of 60 Minutes at stake here um, and uh, their credibility. So yeah. uh, I think Costello has to act. He has to act pu- publicly mm. and swiftly. And uh, let's hope that Tara Brown and the three guys can come back home soon. But... Um, Mm. They've got a massive challenge. Now, you went really hard on Darren Lyons yesterday. This is the mayor of Geelong who was found in a a report. Well, (laughs) I mean, I guess it comes down to what is a bully. But uh, do you you think that the coverage has been in uh, in balance with what Lyons personally was actually found to have done in the report? Look, I think um, there's a couple of things at play here. Yes, there's some politics. There's... um, you know, Geelong is very important. They're all marginal seats, both in a state sense and a federal sense. Um, it certainly has played to Labor's interests to uh, get that council out. But Darren Lyons, through his own actions, and he hasn't actually denied um, any of the uh, the F-bomb allegations that he was throwing around. Mm. Um, and look, you know, there's swearing and then there's bullying. You know, environmental swearing, probably a lot of that goes on at the Herald Sun, but it's not directed at anyone personally. Um, and there's a massive difference there. What the report alleged that the mayor was doing was actually targeting his staff with that verbal abuse. And I right. don't think in 2016 you can survive that. Mm. Well, so that wouldn't happen at the Herald Sun? Not directly at someone, mm. no. No, no. We have, there's a, you know. I like the term environmental a... swearing. Yeah, does that mean <laughs> you're allowed to do it? You just someone swearing off behind mm. a, a petition somewhere. Sure, it's like... sure. Oh, look, you know, newsrooms are pretty brutal. <laughs> um, they, and as they should be, you know, we, um, particularly with the web these days, you know, we're making decisions every minute. Yeah, but bullying's a different. Bullying's a real. And, yeah, that's bullying's right. something that cannot be tolerated anywhere. That's right. Anywhere and, uh, you know, um, there's. Um, you know, some colourful language within the Herald Sun. There's probably colourful language within here. Is there what? Is there? However, Did you hear what a, Seb said before? Sizzings and bruises. But I don't think in newsrooms these days there's a lot of it targeted at individuals, or if there is, then it shouldn't yeah. be. Mm. Damon Johnson is the editor of the Herald Sun, setting the agenda in this city, and we enjoy your time. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks, Thanks fellas. Good luck. Bridget Duclos joining the breakfast team until the rest of the week. That is good news for Triple M listeners and good news for me and you, Lawrence. Yes, thoroughly enjoying your company, oh, Bridge. Thank you very much for having me. And I'm glad I'm here because I've got an event I need to tell you about, which I am going to be <laughs> right. participating in. Uh, have you heard about this? Have you heard about the uh, the Ginger Pride March? I have. And what are they what what are they marching for? Well, for gingerness. human rights? No, well, or yeah, just to pretty much. Be proud and no, loud? it's human rights. It's right. human rights. I don't know if you're aware that redheads uh, have been teased over the years. Mm, and I'm the first to admit I used to tease them. <laughs> I used to say better be dead than red when right. I was a kid. And I'm not, I'm not proud of it, Seb. But My then. brutal. They've then, always been quite freckly too. Well. I remember the redheads at primary school. So yes. they used to get a bit of freckle face. Yeah. Hello, yeah. freckle face. Yeah. Now, Thanks thank God, that. there's so many other things to tease people about. That <laughs> it tends to be. But you know what? Uh, the, um, this planets... is turning into a session of the Geelong Council in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the planets. Is it the planets that get back at you? Something got back at me because. The karma bus? 16 mm. years ago, yes, I gave birth to a redhead. Now, mm. when he was born, Charlie, my beautiful son, who I absolutely love, I actually thought it was blood on his head. Right. From, you know, that when you're red. born, you have blood on you because it was red because I thought I wouldn't have a redhead son. I've got so, blonde hair. My husband had dark hair. So where does the redness come from? Well, that's How many the question. generations? That's the question my ex-husband's been asking oh, yeah. for quite some time. Um, but that red-headed plumber's been around here again. <laughs> but obviously it's a throwback or as you, what did you call him? A, a genetic throwback. Yeah. But I've got to say he's the most beautiful boy and I am now obsessed with redheads. I love redheads. So what these guys are doing is they're going to march. Now you don't have to have Red hair. Well, you can. They're going to have spray cans of red. So I'm going to get my hair done red to go. 
Mm. Um, but my Charlie loves being a redhead. Right, he so said it's an icebreaker. You don't have to be a genuine Fanta Pants no. or a Fire Crotch <laughs> oh. to actually march in See, the parade. Fanta Pants and Fire Crotch, no. <laughs> Please, Blood no. nut? No. <laughs> Ranger. I thought Ranger was named after a Ranger Tangs, but apparently it's not. Did you know that? Hey, now, how does he use no, it as an icebreaker, um, though, just well, to go because, back to Charlie? Because he's a young man, and yeah. when he meets girls, it's a good, uh, you know, he's a bit shy. They talk about his red hair. Uh, he said, oh, I'm so lucky I'd hate to have brown now, or blonde hair. I believe, yeah. I believe there's a bit of protocol with the G word, too. Well... You can't just go bandying around the G word anymore. Well, can I can I play you this magnificent piece from a redhead himself, Tim Minchin? Only a ginger can call another ginger a ginger. Now listen to me when I'm looking for sympathy, just because we're sensitive to UV, <laughs> just because we're pathetically pale. We do all right with the females. Yeah, I like to ask the ladies round for ginger beer. And soon they're running their fingers through my ginger beard And dunking my ginger nuts into their ginger tea, yeah And asking, can they call me ginger? And I say, I don't think that's appropriate Because only a ginger can call an ginger ginger Can I get it? No, right. only a ginger can call a ginger a ginger I also like ginger Ginger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, You're a, a ginger This is a celebration of redheads and I like it, but I don't know. We've got a lot of famous redheads. Who should lead this? Uh, Every lead pride this march? march needs a pride march leader. Yeah, you need a, yeah, you need an ambassadory type. Person. Well, the 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 traditional home of the redhead is the Geelong Football Club. They've had some oh, great from Scratch and Neil right through. Lingy would be a good leader yeah. for the pride yeah. march. Oh, what about that lovely guy from the Brisbane Lions who's uh, uh, Merritt? Source Merritt. Dan Source Merritt. Merritt has got his own fan club. Yeah. Our Nicole. Greg Barber from the Victorian Greens has red hair. Did yeah. Just, I guess branch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dermot Burton has. He pretends he hasn't, but he has. Yeah, he's One, a triple, three, five, three. You're never going to let him forget that, no, are you? No. <laughs> I once saw the red coming under the blonde. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Who should lead the Ginger Pride March? Your nominations, one, triple, three, five, three. Hit us up on Twitter, at MMM Hot Breakfast. There is a Ginger Pride rally taking place in the city on Saturday, and we're creating a list of who <laughs> should lead that off. Isla Fisher, the former oh, home and away star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. And I should give details, can I, Seb? It's, um, it's Saturday, 10.30, meet at the boat sheds on Boathouse Drive near Alexandra Park, the home of Redheads. <laughs> right. And then, <laughs> and then the they march to Fed Square. Fed yes. Square, where they'll be drinking ginger beer. Yes. See? At Doncaster, we find Bjorn. Who do you think should lead the ginger pride march? Yeah, I think uh, Dustin Fletcher. Oh, very good. Oh, yeah. Pasty human flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> not all gingers are pasty, okay? I just need to say that. Not all gingers are pasty. <laughs> he could lead it for the next 40 years too, Fletch. He's very durable. Yeah. Uh, at Hastings, Benny, who should lead the ginger pride march? Oh, sorry. Have we got, not uh, no, that's all right. Benny at Hastings, who should lead the ginger pride march? Luke McGregor. Oh. Not Luke McGregor. Yeah, I think he should. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Um, he'd be fabulous. <laughs> he's an actor and a comedian. Comedian, and uh, his show Lukewarm Sex is still on the one. ABC. Yeah, he'd Very be good. good. He's actually probably the most popular redhead at the moment, would you say, doing the comedy uh, round? Mm. And he is uh, having a great time. He's had a renaissance as a redhead. Yes. Speaking of comedians, can I bowl in a controversial one? Oh, sure. Will Anderson. As a redhead? Revealed to me at the Footscray yeah, oh, game at the opening it. of the season, Footscray Fremantle. That he, in fact, had a bit of red as a child wow. and died it out during his career. <gasps> so it wow. still lurks under that Bomb black mold. That is, that is a breaking story mm. that deserved a dramatic stab. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. In news just a hand, Will Anderson, redhead. That's amazing. I never knew that, too. Uh, yeah. And uh, do you know also, you know when you grow a beard, well, Loz, yeah. you've got one at the moment, do you get a bit of ginger? Because most people I know, most boys yeah. get ginger in their beard. Where that grey is used to be ginger and it's just kind of... It's bled out. So, we're, <laughs> so you could go to the march because you mm. had a ginger beard. Yeah, not technically. I, I'll, I'll distance myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At really? Bandura, we go to Jason. Who's your nomination for the Pride March? Yeah, good name, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for Fergie. Uh, Which yeah. one? The Black Eyed Pea or the Princess? <laughs> <laughs> the Princess. The Princess. Oh. After the whole toe sucking incident, you know, oh, the red hair. You like and yourself that. a bit of toe sucking? <laughs> well, I'm a sucker for a redhead with lily white skin, and this is going to sound freaky, but a big pregnant belly. Oh. oh. <laughs> 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 
You're a right, Jason. Save that it for does. the pregnant belly marcher, Jace. That, that's interesting. That one has a <laughs> Jason is uh, he's. <laughs> He's <laughs> gone a bit excited there. Well, I would have thought a more popular redhead royal would be, of course, Prince uh, Harry. Right, yeah. But oh, mind you, he's not pregnant, doesn't suck toes. So. <laughs> <laughs> not so interesting. Uh, well, we've got a good list there. It is quarter to nine. Bridget Duclos, Lawrence Mooney and Seb Costello filling in for Ed Mick and us. <laughs> Keep them coming at MMM <laughs> Hot Breakfast. A big hello to all the pregnant redheads out there. <laughs> Guys, I'm adamant. Will Anderson is a redhead deep down. It's <sighs> brilliant. That is breaking news, mm. and uh, how how can we prove or disprove these these charges? That well, you're... let's check in with. Let's see if we can get Will on the program to confirm okay. this. Yeah, we need to. In the meantime, a dig in Mongolia has come up with a pretty strange discovery. It yeah. was uh, a mummy who, according <laughs> to the reputable Sun newspaper, was buried fifteen hundred years ago mm. and is wearing Adidas sneakers. <laughs> What appears to be Adidas sneakers on the mummified remains. The this is 15... the best advertising campaign I've ever seen. <laughs> Seriously. Now, obviously, it's not the brand with the three stripes, is it? Well, what, what... you look at the photo yeah. and it would appear like, yeah, the, the, the sort of superstar style white shoe with three dark blue or black stripes across the body of the foot. Can I ask a question about old times in Mongolia? Mm. Did they wear shoes? Well, they would have made something for their feet because it's very cold on the tundra. A trainer, <laughs> and uh, they and they were outside in their. What's the name of a, a Mongolian house? Uh, a yurt. A oh, yurt. That's more of a tent, but yeah, we'll go with yurt. Oh, now, well, the, I, I don't know. I pulled yurt out of nowhere. I'm not sure. I've impressed myself there. I'm not sure they had shoes that were that, um, you know, manufactured. <laughs> well, there's, there's yeah, there's clearly stitching, but you know, stitching goes back a long way. Well, does it? Do stripes go back that far? Really? Does it? Uh, this guy's got jeans on too, this mummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, Moon Man, it is, does have a sort of hole in the theory considering that Adidas was discovered in the early 19th. I reckon the 1930s yeah? was when uh, Adolf Dassler made his football Adolf boot Dassler. for the World Cup. Yes. Really? He was smart to drop the name Adolf and turn it into Addy, because <laughs> as it turns out, history hasn't been kind to the name Adolf. No. <laughs> Do you reckon an archaeologist will dig up some dinosaur who's got some sort of big swoosh on his feet <laughs> just to really get Nike back in the business? <laughs> oh, well so played. you're saying uh, Mongolian missing persons from 1970. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pulled the wrong rope. <laughs> and how's this lineup tomorrow morning, team? Mick Malthouse. Oh. We're going to speak to Mick. Mick Malthouse. He might, do you reckon he might be getting a, a call up again? Ooh. Ooh, well, he's been a bit sacking. mean, hasn't he, about Collingwood? He said that Collingwood uh, can't make the finals. Bit mean. Very harsh. We'll speak to one of his old sparring partners too, the jacket waver himself, Kevin Sheedy. Oh, good. Mm. Yeah, good good. Old Got a bone to pick with him. Oh, what's he done? No, what hasn't he done? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's back at the club and uh, he's, uh, it's a welcome return for Sheets. Mm. Indeed. Mm. And Is it? He's going to help us out a whole... Yes, it, it, I, I sat with him uh, during the Melbourne game and he's got a lot of great wisdom, Kevin Sheedy. Yeah. He's a great team builder mm. and uh, it's they, good to have should, him back. Should you be going forward? Well, we we needed to go back and invite that man back to the club because oh. uh, since he's left, things I don't know whether you've heard, <laughs> things haven't been great. <laughs> well, I had plenty of tickets to give away to the country blockbuster between the Bombers and the Cats. Yeah. There's been this whole thing going. I'll fill you in later, oh, French. Yeah, for tomorrow, if possible. <laughs> and Shane Delia, the celebrity chef oh, on postcards oh, behind the Biggie Smalls kebab store down on uh, Smith Street, I think it is. Beautiful Maha restaurant, yay. Yeah. I wonder if you'll bring food. Oh, you better. They're rock stars now, these celebrity chefs Aren't and they? Shane's front and centre. Mm, I know. You don't want to be a footballer anymore. You want to be food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bridget, it's been awesome having you back. Oh, thank you. Thank. Um, I'll, um, I'll come again tomorrow if I can. Let's That'd do it all lovely. again tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, thank you. Wouldn't have it any other way. Bridget Duclos, Seb Costello and Lawrence Mooney filling in for Ed Mick and Us. We'll be back tomorrow morning. It is 3 to 9, 13 degrees on the way to a top of 25. Thanks, of course, to the mighty, mighty, mighty helpful mighty. Thanks for listening to the Triple M Breakfast Podcast. You can hear more from Seb Costello and Lawrence Mooney on Triple M in Melbourne from 6 till 9. Or listen live from anywhere in the world at triplem.com.au. Thanks to Mighty Helpful Mitre 10. They have a huge range of timber and they'll go to any length to get you what you want. On site, on time, in full. Check out your local store online.